0: Because great leaders will produce great results.
1: Welcome to our Becoming Your Best listeners, wherever you might be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and we have a fun, interesting guest with us today. He has a rich background. He's an entrepreneur. He's done a lot of stuff. He's been around the world. And so welcome, Tom Libert. There we go. I <laughs> wish You got the name right now. How are you? Doing so good. And before we get started today, I'd like to tell you just a little bit more about Tom. He has a fun website. So if you go to the internet, Tom, L-I-B-E-L-T, you're going to see an interesting background. He learned from a young age how to sell and negotiate business by getting haggled by Russian vendors. His family moved from Poland to the United States to escape communism and his parents took any job they could to survive. He is a survivor. Now Tom spends most of his time in Thailand. He runs Smart Brand Marketing and we market online courses. He's going to tell us a little bit about that. He's published about 5,000 Kindle books and this is an interesting story as well it has to do with a blog site he set up and he'll tell us what to do and not to do, <laughs> and he built a successful <laughs> SEO, an online course marketing business. And so he just has a great background. Let's just turn it over to Tom. Tell us about your background, and especially including any turning points that have had a big impact, and especially on what you're doing today.
2: So when I started out, I was helping my dad sell uh, soccer stadiums around poland and that's where the haggling came from that's where the russian vendors ripped me off like one of them sold me a soccer ball without the rubber inside so i found out really quick. Cool, you know <laughs> not everything is what it seems in business uh a few of them when i went to like comic books uh stands they would look which comic book i liked and hike the price up immediately so i learned how to uh, how to tell them you know oh, this looks horrible and everything that i like you know like it was like a lot of these lessons, I was like five, six, seven years old back then, you know, and and their job was to rip me off and my job was to not get ripped off. So it was a, it was a, lot, a good business experience. When we came here, my parents, like they, they had like three, four jobs, part-time jobs making, I don't know, it was like $4.25 an hour. I've never seen them. When I went to the school bus in the morning, they were gone. When I went to sleep, they were gone. So I've seen, you know, and we didn't have much money either. I just, you know, working for other people, it's not really, there's no way to get rich. You're not going to get rich doing that. And even when I went to uh, work at sales companies later on to get sales experience, I I realized that too. You know, like anything I sell, they get the recurring income, Um, just a number that can be replaced at the end. And I didn't like that. I was like, if I can sell recurring income stuff, I can do it for myself. Or just do like a high-end or, I mean, anything and just make most of the profit myself. I can keep it. You know, it it doesn't take that much to make, you know, five, six figures. So, yeah, a lot of hobby stuff on the way. Did stuff in hip-hop and Polish hip-hop. Had some hits uh, on the radio, on TV. Filmed a documentary called Your Own Way Out. A lot of pivots, too. I'm not sure how much you want to hear about the pivots with the companies.
1: Well, maybe that'll come out, uh, Tom, in our interview. But uh, And tell us how you ended up in Thailand.
2: Uh, there was a conference that I went to in Berlin,
1: and it was a part of a bigger group. And the bigger group had the major
2: conferences in Bangkok. And what happened is, like, a lot of these guys, they run uh, very successful businesses online on, on their laptops, and they travel the world. But they end up migrating, right? So they kind of all go to the same location. And... After the Bangkok conference that I went to, I've seen everyone go to Chiang Mai, which is a city in the north of Thailand. And it's kind of ridiculous, you know, between October and January, we'll have three, four thousand people from all over the world working on their laptops in one city, which is hard to replicate. So I just kind of stuck around there and I found a girlfriend and... We started splitting our time between up north and um, down south, like just living by the ocean for a couple months. And then I still travel to conferences, do other stuff. But, yeah, it, it seems like a good place.
1: Good. And uh, tell our listeners what your business is today. The business now is marketing online courses, right? So when people have a course that they put
2: out, it's not selling, we fix it. We, we see What's missing? Is it the transformation? Is it the value? Is it the positioning? And and we are just a traffic problem, conversion problem, and we, we work to fix that. And that came from my SEO business. So I guess this is the pivot, uh, one of the pivots. When I was doing SEO for a gym in Atlanta, I was working with a Muay Thai gym. And the owner was a Muay Thai guy, and the manager was a Muay Thai champion, right? And the manager and me got became friends, like I ranked them number one for a lot of stuff. And he just asked me one day, it's like six, seven years ago, if I can create an online course for Muay Thai training. And I said, I don't know, but I did. Then he said, well, we need to sell it. Can you figure out the marketing? Once again, I don't know. And, <laughs> you know, it took a year to figure it out. Once we did that, he sent a few more people my way. And then uh, I found some other clients and this became just a this, uh, kind of booming business last year. It took about three, four years to really get it moving And, yeah, we're doubling down on marketing online courses now. It's like our main focus for the
1: company. Okay. All right. Renaissance man. Way to go. Big Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of our – I've had some really great podcasts, and some of those have had to do with artificial intelligence, the changing economy, uh, how things are changing. Well, if there's anyone that's right in the middle of it, that's what you're doing, Tom. Way to go. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not the brick and mortar
2: and, uh, the, the business classroom type. I went to business school before, right? And, and the stuff I learned, I don't think I, I don't think I use any of it except for there was a one class which had to do with business law. And that helped me a lot. Um, accounting just to, you know, understand what, what is happening to the money. And then I, I remember this one teacher. He was an old school, like factory owner. He was the only teacher that actually owned a business, which is not, you know, usual <laughs> in these colleges. Like most of these guys don't know anything. Uh, but this guy, he comes up to me. He just he, he takes me aside after one class, and it was a weird thing he said to me. But it stuck with me ever since. I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. I think it was more of a bad thing. But still, <laughs> he took me aside. He's like, "Look, don't worry about these other clowns. They're not going to accomplish anything." You're going to run a business one day. And I want to tell you one thing. Don't worry if it's ethical. Worry, worry if it's legal. Like, that's the thing that's going to let people know.
1: Yikes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, like, you know, in the beginning, I thought about it. And I was like, I think this is why he ended up a teacher. Something must have happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have both, legal
2: and ethical. It's nice. Because <laughs> we had just the class he was teaching, like, the one uh, session was ethics, right? And the class was arguing, and I was thinking more about profits at that time. I was like a 17-year-old or 18-year-old, right? Like It was my first year of college. I was still supposed to be in high school, but I just graduated quicker, so they sent me to college. And, you know, I'm listening to this. I'm like, I'm thinking about the profits. They're thinking about what's right and wrong, and I, you know, that's kind of the basis of why you said that. But I still, to this day, think it was the weirdest thing ever being told by a teacher.
1: Yeah, that's pretty strange. You know, Tom and I were just talking about the becoming your best and the 12 principles of highly successful leaders and and how like these are natural principles just like gravity and they're just as powerful and one of those is to be true to character and I'm just laughing <laughs> uh, be legal but not ethical that's a good one I haven't heard that one and hey tell tell us uh, Tom what is Muay thai champion what is that
2: Muay thai is the science of eight limbs right so usually here we watch boxing right which is just the uh, you know the the hands I will watch kickboxing, got hands and feet. You know, UFC kind of does everything, but you, but Muay Thai is when you use your knees and your elbows as well. And, and okay, yeah, it's a very brutal sport, very brutal sport, right? So when, when the Muay Thai champ, he, you know, we became friends and he started actually um, inviting me to his fight, you know, watching that stuff from a couple feet away. You know, when someone gets knocked out with a knee and shaking on the bottom of the ring, like that stuff like stays to me to this day. Hmm. I don't know if it was an idea to watch it so close up. It's it's better on TV. <laughs> it's much better on TV from far away.
1: <laughs> Great. Thank you for the background. We'd love to take advantage of your perspective, your insights. As you're looking at business ideas, how do you assess, quickly know which business idea is good and which isn't? So there's a couple of things, and I think a few of them will be aligned with your principles, you know, because
2: one of them, how is the industry, right? Like, do I enjoy this industry? So for example, I played in the SEO industry for a long time and the Bitcoin industry a little bit, and I quickly found out that these people are usually not ethical, these are not people I want to hang out with. There's comebacks for the most part. Right. So that kind of takes things out of the equation, right? When you have little control, right? So if you're building a business based on Facebook, Google. LinkedIn, whatever that is, you have very little control. I've had Amazon businesses and they destroyed me. I've had, you know, the SEO business it's still running, but I have times when, you know, Google just wakes up and messes things around and we wake up to just a disaster. Not a good business. You know, there's no control. So I look for control up too. So are you a big fish in a small market or are you an average fish in a big market? Like, is that a possibility? So here's an example when I was running just a marketing agency in the beginning, you know, people would say like, well, why should I buy from you and not Jay Abraham or something like that? Right? Like a big guy, just a big guy, top of the line. I was like, I don't know. I, I can't actually give you a reason. But now when someone says like in marketing online courses, well, why should I buy from you and not Jay Abraham? Cause Jay Abraham has no idea how to market online courses, Right? Like mm-hmm. I'm the guy in my industry.
1: Right. So
2: like I'm good in my niche. Right? So, Sometimes you can make much more money and have an easier time in a small niche than just being average in a huge. Like some people say, like, oh, you yeah, know, I have a thought. huge market. Right. I can sell to billions of people. It's nonsense.
1: Good thought. Okay, good ideas. Anything else on that? Those are great. Good good little marks. Well, yeah, you know, the thing is, a part of what we spoke, the integrity, right? Like people pay me pretty big
2: money now, and they do that because of the integrity. Like they tell me like i'm one of the most honest people i tell it how it is and i get great references which oh it's very important to do in a small market if you're a big fish in a small pond everyone kind of knows you so if you can't pull off what you're going to promise it's, it's going to end badly very quickly and when it comes to picking let's say traffic because you know a lot of people listening they're like oh i need more customers well if you want to get customers one You got to figure out who that perfect customer, right? And most people I ask have no clue, and they think really deeply about that if I ask them, like who is the ideal customer? Then you got to figure out what possible channels could they be on? Is it on LinkedIn? Is it on YouTube? Is it on Instagram? And then you got to kind of wreck the shotgun. You got to try five or six different channels and kill off anything that's not working really quickly, and just double down on what works. You know, but it takes testing. Like no one can come up and just tell you. Like oh this is the perfect channel this is exactly what you're going to do, because you just don't know. We just had a client who we tested stuff on Instagram and it did not work even though he wanted it to. But we went on Pinterest, which is that picture uh, site from like years ago, and he's doing great on it. Wow. And we had, we would have had no clue, but we just knew that his customers are visual, and they're usually female, so they hang out on visual mediums. So I said let's try out the visual medium She's like oh Pinterest is not going to work. Well it worked. You know, so it's really, you still got to test, you know, but first you got to figure out just who that client is. If we didn't know they were women, we would have tried maybe something else. But I was like, well, women, visual, I think it's going to be more of that type of thing. So just because of his niche too. But yeah, there's, there's different ways of going about this.
1: Yeah, good stuff. All right. Your specialty and what you're really good at and making a difference is online courses. So what are three things that separate successful online courses from courses that are that that fail
2: the first one is the person that's running it doesn't treat it like a business they someone sold them a dream they drank the kool-aid and you know they put a course out there it's not selling yeah and this is a normal occurrence you know it's like it's a business just like anything else the reason why it's usually not selling that someone is treating it like a business well it could be a couple of things maybe the sales conversation doesn't make sense you know when you go online Um, When you try to sell something, your website and the whole channel of you pulling someone in needs to be like a salesperson, right? So for example, someone scrolling through Facebook. Well, you got to interrupt that zombie, right? Because he's just scrolling mindlessly. You got to interrupt them. You got to drag them in, hopefully get their email, warm them up a little bit, get them to trust you, maybe see what your sales pitch is. Get them get handle the objections and close the sale. And if the sale doesn't close, you got to follow up. So the conversation needs to make sense. Most sales pages and the conversations don't make sense. The person just says like, Hey, I'm offering meditation and people are like, I don't care, you know, or they'll say like, you know, this is who I am and why you should buy from me. And once again, they're like, we don't even care about what you're selling. We don't care about you for sure. Right. So the conversations don't make sense at all. Sometimes it could be the positioning, right? Maybe someone's trying to sell a public speaking course, and people are like, oh, I hate public speaking. Maybe you need to sell them that it's a persuasion course, or you're going to speak to influence, or you will learn how to tell stories or sell through this. You know, you just position it differently. Another thing could be that the transformation doesn't make sense, right? So when someone wants to take an online course, well, before the course, they're at place A. After they take a course, they're at place B. Well, what happened during those two places? What was it transformed? Do they know how to make a hundred thousand dollars now? Did they know how to get a thousand Instagram followers? Do they know how to pass this exam? What's the transformation? Like most people don't have a transformation. Then once you get that, what's the value of the transformation? Right. That's what I teach you is worth ten thousand dollars, for example, and I'm selling a course for five hundred bucks. No brainer. But if what I'm selling you is worth $1,000 and I'm selling a course for 500 bucks, now I'm losing money. And this is why. If someone's taking your course, let's say they pay 500 bucks, the course will take them maybe 10, 15 hours to, to take. Well, those hours are worth something too. So maybe that person's valuing their hours at 100 bucks an hour and now taking your course is actually losing them $1,500 instead of making something, right? So the, the value doesn't make sense. So there's a lot of different parts of a course that just, you know, when you sell it, that all need to align for someone to buy it. It's not that simple.
1: That's a good checklist right there. And this is the kind of thing that you do. You help your clients find the customer, really craft the message, the wake up the zombie, <laughs> and then be sure the systems are aligned so that they can deliver that product and see the value that it's worth the investment That it's going to pay far greater dividends than what they're paying.
2: Yeah, but like I said, if we cannot find the transformation, if we can't attach a value to it, if I don't think this can sell, I'm just not taking on the client. Yeah. You know, because it's not everything can be sold. Like these things need to be in place. These basics need to be in place to, to be able to even write a good sales copy. You know, and you can't like cheat people into buying it because they're going to just, You get refunds. It doesn't doesn't make any
1: sense. Yeah, exactly. So what are essential SEO things that every website needs?
2: The thing with SEO these days is nothing changed. Okay, SEO is not magical. You need a clean site, which means clean code. You need a fast website. So at least install something like Cloudflare just to make sure that the speed of it goes up, maybe tweak the server a bit or pay someone to tweak the server. So speed, clean code, engaging content, Don't write for SEO, like write stuff that your actual clients are interested in. So with me, I do not a lot, but I do a bit of pool marketing, right? And pool marketing is just information that my clients would pay for that I occasionally get for free and it brings them into my website and gets me most of my leads, right? So I write about the problem that my client has. So just one example, the five things that I do Epic course is not selling, right? And it would be an article. I would just tell them exactly what our company does. First, we'll look at positioning. Then we'll look at this and we'll look at that. I'll explain to them what we do and why. And they'll, they will get it, right? Like, oh, wow, this is cool. Maybe I should look at my pricing. Maybe I should look at that. But I explained a little bit more so that they feel like, okay, I'm getting some value from this. Not everything, but a little bit. How do I sell multiple online courses at the same time? That was another article which made me a huge amount of money just by the engagement and the amount of people that came in, like, wow, this guy knows it. So just a little bit of content, but the right content. And then backlinks. So one of the things I do is I go on people's podcast, then they link back to my website, and I get an easy backlink and some promotion. But you know, you need to just get backlinks. That's what SEO companies mostly do is they get you backlinks.
1: Okay. And just uh, for the, our listeners' sake, can you describe what a backlink is?
2: Yeah, Backlink is basically another website pointing back at your website, saying that it's important. So if you have a website like mine, smartbrandmarketing.com, once this podcast is up, most likely you're going to have a a page for my episode, and it's going to say, you can find Tom at smartbrandmarketing.com. That tells Google that, okay, they looked at the website, there's probably something about marketing on this website, there's something about me, and it mentions, look at smartbrandmarketing, that means that my website... Has something to do with marketing, and it gives me some extra points.
1: Got it. Oh, good job, okay, good description. All right. and why is ongoing SEO a waste of money for most businesses
2: <laughs> Okay, what happens once you rank a website and you know the content keeps getting created, engagement's coming in, natural backlinks start coming in because people start mentioning you a little bit. That's it. That's what an SEO company would do. So usually when an SEO company does maintenance, I mean, they're not doing anything, right? They're completely not doing anything other than making sure your website is active, which you can do with plugins now. And you're just paying three, 400 bucks a month for nothing, right? So the thing is, get yourself ranked, get some momentum going. Once you see things sign in place and you see engagement, there's no more need for an SEO. Look, the gym that I ranked Five, six years ago for those terms, the Muay Thai gym, kickboxing gym,
1: yeah. they're
2: still ranking for those terms. I haven't looked at them for five years.
1: What a great tip, huh? That's very interesting. All right. Good for our listeners to know, isn't it? Well, it's, it's just what it is. You know, like people try to make
2: SEO thing like it's magical, and it's not. It's not. Sometimes, you know, a company might be better because they have access to better backlinks. But what's usually scary about these companies, they control those backlinks, which means they keep you hostage. Right, They're going to say, okay, we ranked you to number one. Now you need to pay us, let's say, $900 a month, and if you stop paying us, we're going to take those backlinks off, and you're going to go right back to where you came from, and that's a scary proposition. So when you're dealing with SEO companies, you've got to find this stuff out, and anyone that tells you, like, oh, this is proprietary information, we can't show you the backlinks, that secret thing it's someone to stay away from. Because one, either they have private links that they're going to take away when you're done, or they're scamming you. They're not doing anything.
1: Okay, good. Well, Tom, I am always totally shocked how fast time goes and we're towards the end of our show. And what are some final tips that you can leave with our listeners that you think would be helpful for them?
2: The one thing which I realized about myself and it kind of helped me move from, you know, one income to the next a few times is realizing my my anchor, right? And I don't know if people know what the anchor is, but it's, the amount of money that you think you deserve every month, right? So for me before, yeah, I think it was like maybe when I was thinking about this, it was $3,000. And no matter what I did, my income always went back to 3000 If I made more money, I somehow managed to mess it up. If I didn't make enough money, I hustled enough and got back to 3000 And then I realized it was my anchor, right? So once I moved it to 7000 which took a while of reprogramming, like, you know, this is fine. You deserve this. Like, you're giving the value. I was stuck at seven thousand. Same thing happened at ten. So just once people realize if you're making a similar income, and you see that you sometimes you get a few more clients and you mess it up, you move back where you came from. It's that mindset. You got to get that anchor. Like, what's your anchor? Figure that out, and then move that. Do anything in the world you can to move that. Become worth more, because if you don't, you're going to be stuck at the same income, and for some reason, it's always going to average out at whatever that anchor is.
1: Ah, uh, great advice! Good job, Tom. That's uh, that's wonderful, no doubt. One of the things that we actually talk about in our seminars is what are we really capable of doing? And if we were to give a pen or a pencil to many of our listeners, I am sure that we would sell ourselves s- short in many areas of our life. And so, not selling ourselves short is great advice. Way to go!
2: Yeah, there's there's a couple things like that. Like with my company to just very short advice. I don't want to keep you on. I let my company define find a culture, right? My company wrote out exactly how things should be, when people should get fired, when they should be hired, like everything. And they control that, right? So give my give your people control. You know, treat them really well. Like I'm friends with my workers. In a way, there's still that boss employee thing. But like at some point, one of them comes up to me, like Tom, I'm running another business. I'm like, okay, how can I help? And my employees don't leave. Like they've been with me for years. Like most of them, six, seven years, eight years since I started the companies. Just treating the people right. You're not going to make it on your own. And just have you know rules in play. Like if you have, let's say, a minimum, like our minimum, nine hundred something dollars before we even wake up. Don't move that for anyone. It's going to become a problem client. If you have rules in place, like we need money up front. Someone says, oh, I'll give you 50% up front. Nope, company policy. is going to become a problem client. Like just make sure you have your boundaries set in place too. It's going to help you a lot.
1: Okay, good advice. Well, Tom, how can people find out about what you're doing? Just come to smartbrandmarketing.com, and if you have a course, it's not telling,
2: uh, onlinecourses.com
1: Okay, good. Well, that's great. Well, Tom, this has been a delight to visit together today. I love your enthusiasm, your insights, your experience. It's been great content today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, listen, we wish you all the best in, in the things that you're doing, the lives that you're touching for good. And, and to all of our listeners, never forget, you too are making a difference every single day. So we wish you a great day. Remember, you are radiating a light and goodness. This is our capacity to lift the world. And as we do these things and align ourselves with good principles, we do become our best to make a difference. Tom, thanks again for being on our show today. I'm to be here. You bet. This is Steve Schallenberger signing off with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day.
0: Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888 690 8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation.